Hello and welcome to another episode of Sequel Pitch. It's the podcast where film-loving friends watch a movie that hasn't got a sequel and then try and pitch their best ideas for one. As Christmas is around the corner, we thought we would try and get into the spirit by watching the new Disney Plus reboot of a Christmas classic. We watched Home Sweet Home Alone. Let me tell you, I have lost all my Christmas cheer. Take down the decorations now, burn the tree, the holiday is over. (laughs) Unfortunately, the Viking XL Matt Rushton couldn't be with us this week, so joining me to discuss and pitch are our festive fighters, Drew Toynbee. Hello there. And Ross Harmston. Happy Christmas, step into Christmas, step into Christmas. Jingle my bell. (laughs) (laughs) And returning as our special guest judge this week, he's Bolton FM's resident film critic, host of the Jumpcast and Anniverse podcast. Sorry, Anna Puniverse podcast and writer for the Film Focus Online. It's Alex Gilson. Hey, hey Alex. Hey. Thank you so much for having hey. me back. I have been longing uh, for a bit more sequel pitch fun ever since <laughs> uh, our, our ET episode. So very happy to be back. And what better episode than Home Sweet Home Alone? Well, I love nothing more than Christmas. So, um, And I hate, <laughs> I hate nothing more than this film's. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm quite a Christmas person. I like I like lots of tinsel. I think I like coming home to a Christmas tree. I could have my Christmas tree up all year. I'd be one of those people because I like coming home to it. Yeah. And it's it this movie's ruined it. It's ruined the holidays. <laughs> we will not be able to celebrate Christmas for another year. Yeah. <laughs> because of this film this time. <laughs> So listen, I can hear everyone listening now. Everyone listening can be saying to me, Andy, you debonair sexy man. This movie can't be as... Shut up, they are. That's what they're saying. (laughs) This movie can't can't be as bad as you're letting on. Well, first listen to the summary and then see if you want to give up 90 minutes of your life. It feels like three hours, but it's just 90 minutes. (laughs) Jeff and Pam McKenzie, Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper are trying to sell their house after we find out Jeff has lost his job. Embarrassed about their financial situation, they haven't even told their kids it will be their last Christmas at home. Jeff and Pam decide to have an open house to attract buyers, and this is where Jeff meets a 10-year-old boy, Max Mercer, coming out of his bathroom. Jeff has a brief conversation with the slightly arrogant kid until his mother, Carol, played by Ashleen B with an English accent, comes in and sees a box of dolls being packed away. Carol tells Jeff that she saw an auction show on TV with a similar doll selling for thousands of dollars. Carol and Max have a small fight in front of Jeff, which leaves him having the last laugh on this rude, arrogant kid. Jeff's brother, Hunter, arrives with his wife and son and takes Jeff's bed away from him, relegating him to and Pam to the sofa bed. Uh, una- unable to sleep, Jeff looks online to see if Carol's telling the truth about the value of the doll and finds out that his doll is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Thinking he can sell the doll instead of his house, he rushes to the cupboard and opens the box holding the dolls, but when he looks inside, he finds out the doll is gone. He thinks back and assumes the kid must have taken it after Jeff got his last laugh. After, remember, after remembering Max's name and nothing else, Jeff finds and visits Max's home and learns that the family are going away for the holidays and the house will be empty. Later, Jeff tries to break into the home, but his conscience gets the better of him and he meets up with his wife to tell and tells her about the empty house holding the doll. She initially tells Jeff that they can't break into the home as they're not criminals, but after thinking about the perfect family Christmas in their current house, she she decides there's no other way they can afford to keep their home without selling it. To save her house, family, and Christmas, they have to steal their doll back. 
Once they break their way into the house, Jeff enters the wrong security code into a panel, which triggers a silent alarm. Unaware, Pam, uh, Pam and Jeff start to look for the doll, but, assume, uh, but they soon find the house isn't as empty as they thought, as they hear a German voice speaking. As they try to run, a police car responding to the silent alarm comes around the corner, and we get a cameo by everyone's least favourite McAllister, Buzz! Played by Devin Rattray returning. <laughs> Pam convinces Buzz that they live at the house, and her husband forgot the code because it's their wedding anniversary. The, the next day at church, Jeff and Pam's realtor says he has an offer on their house and puts the pressure on them to sell. Jeff sees Max talking to an elderly lady and remembers during the open house, Carol threatening Max that he'd stay with his grandma if he didn't behave, and the grandma must be the German he and Pam heard in the house. Thinking that Carol must have gone through with the threat, Jeff and Pam realise that the home is now empty and is the perfect time to break in again and steal the doll. Jeff and Pam try to climb a wall into a garden, which leads to, I guess you can say, comedy, but they're left red-faced when they find out they've broken into the wrong house. Their luck goes from bad to worse when they try to break into the correct house, but they hit a number of obstacles, resulting in them getting hurt. As they enter the house, they realise that Max had returned while they were next door and has set up a number of traps that will endanger their lives, including being set on fire, having a, pool, a snooker ball shot at your head, and being catapulted headfirst into a tree. Jeff and Pam finally give in and say all they want is their doll back, but it's revealed that Max never stole the doll. And we watched these innocent people nearly die for nothing. <laughs> Jeff and Pam find out Max had left home alone. Uh, Jeff and Pam find out Max had been left home alone after his family flew to Tokyo and forgot him. And was he was so scared that they thought and was so scared he thought that they were gonna come in and kidnap him. Jeff and Pam, uh, because they're good people, offer to look after this monster kid until his mum comes back. As Jeff and Pam are explaining everything to Hunter and the family, we see Hunter's son has stolen the doll, and after a pointless slow-motion shot where the nephew throws the doll in the air, Max catches it and apparently all is forgiven for attempted murder. Now Jeff and Pam don't have to sell their house. One year later, the families get together for Christmas dinner, and we learn Jeff is thriving in a new job, and Max, for some reason, is crowned a hero for bringing the two families together. Merry Christmas! <laughs> I mean, wow! Some three-hour films have a shorter synopsis than that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd get everything in. Let's go. I, I'm guessing everyone's seen the original and loves the original and thinks it's a classic. Oh yeah, yeah, did, yeah. So, first question, obviously, is did this film just need a reboot? I look from from my perspective, there are some good ideas in here. Like that, I I had heard so so many people just completely and utterly hate on this film that for the first twenty minutes or so, I was like, okay, no, you know what? There's there's stuff to like in here. I'm okay with I'm okay with having sympathetic villains. This could be interesting. And Aisling B is always lovely, and I love Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper and. There is some funny stuff, like the the talking heads floating around Ellie Kemper's head, and then the doll speaking at the end of it. And like the floating heads happening, I was like, "Oh no, what is this?" And then the doll appears and speaks at the end, and I was like, "Oh no, okay, all right, I'm with this." And then, um, yeah, they show up and start talking about finding the ugly little boy, which they never called the doll earlier in the film once, and then pratfalls ensue, and it just completely and utterly falls apart there's there's nothing wrong with making another home alone movie and i think they were they approached it in some clever ways the way they dealt with him not just calling the police 
and everything. Mm. Yeah, and fair, that was good. That yeah. that was worked out really well. Him just falling asleep in the car, maybe slightly less so. Just what, someone, someone at BMW <laughs> just being that was like, amazing. Hey, how hey, comfy how is much... that car? Make me want to buy one. If I can <laughs> fall, if I can have a better sleep in that car than I can my bed, the, I'll, I'll get one on finance. The product placement fucking worked. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you that. But um, and. The fact that but that Buzz shows back up and is like, <laughs> every year my brother punks yeah. me about this. This is entirely fake. We don't need to check it. That was great. Nothing else was good. That's how I see this. Ross, what do you, what do you think? This movie is a straight-to-the-bargain <laughs> section of a gas station. Bottom um, of the bargain box in the gas station. Yeah, you know, so this, like... it's one of those movies that is literally straight-to-DVD kind of uh, kind of a movie. I mean, it is literally kind of straight-to-DVD being kind mm. of like Netflix and stuff like that. It's just, I don't know, everything about it was bad, like... The acting was bad. <laughs> like, I love. Uh, uh, you know, the yeah. kid, he, he was okay, and he his performance was quite good. I think they obviously saw his potential, and you know how good he was in in Jojo. Um, in, uh, Jojo yeah, Jojo Rabbit, and they were like, yeah, cool, yeah, and he kind of does that again, um, but he's a bit more sadistic and like well up for murdering people shooting a nerf gun with actual like stars in it and oh that yeah yeah. No, not, uh, yeah i've got um, a whole list of the uh, of all the uh, attacks on these poor innocent people if we want to go through it later <laughs> um <Yes>. so <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Alex does. Alex, Alex really Alex, what, does. What do, you, what do you think? You're a proper film critic. Come on, give, <laughs> us, give us some insight. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I actually drew what Drew was saying before. I I completely agree with. I think certain aspects of the movie do, do try and work. What what the problem is? I think is that it gets stuck between trying to be its own thing, but also trying to be connected to yeah. the original movies and mm. when I say the original movies obviously just the first two Home Alones and not the other seven uh, straight to DVD <laughs> Home Alones um, and I think that a lot of reboots slash sequels of beloved classics do these days is they either are too dissimilar or they're too similar and then, like I said, this one just kind of gets stuck in the middle, which is its downfall, really, because the stuff like with, like you're saying, the, sym- the sympathetic villains and um, the idea that they're the ones that are struggling and that, you know, they're not doing it because they want to do it. They're doing it because it's it's a need for them. And if not, mm. they're going to be thrown out of their home and all that mm. kind of stuff that that on the surface kind of works very well. Um and then as you see it's such a weird decision to make Max like this little horrible <laughs> horrible kid. He's awful. He's a terrible kid. <laughs> I mean kid. he literally I, steals I do not like this kid at I all mean, during any part of this movie. He, ta- <laughs> he takes a toy from the, the the donation thing at the church. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 This, and that's the this thing. This dude think... is in like the richest family. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, also, it's like bring it's it back biggest to the house as well. Like, yeah. It's fucking yeah. huge yeah. house. Exactly. It's massive. I feel that you could have given that to like Kevin McAllister and that he could have pulled it off. Yeah. But because we just job. didn't know anything about this character. Because exactly. that was the main thing about this kid. It's just like we knew nothing about him. He was literally just. He's British. Another skin. You know? yeah. Yeah. And again, he's, he's British. <laughs> and. Um, he does. He has the charm. The charm's there. It works. It does work. Ooh, but I think. Is it? Yeah. No. I, I do. I do think it works a little bit. But again, I'd agree. I, I also think on that same vein that maybe he might not have been the right choice to kind of lead, yeah. so to speak. Mm. Um, I mean, it, he yeah. could have been. Yeah. To me, it was just we knew. Like he, when he said he was got, he got bullied by his family. Like that scene, he's in the middle of his, he's in the middle of his like you know brothers or cousins or whatever, and they're playing PlayStation, and he's kind of softly going, "Oh, can I have a go? Can I have a go?" And they're not like going in in the, they're not going like, "Oh, you know, fuck off, you little brat." They're like just looking at the TV. They're kind of ignoring him, and then he kind of wanders around the house to his mum, and his mum goes, "I'm on the phone, go away." And then he's like, "Oh, my family hates me," but it with Kevin McAllister, like his family fucking hated him. Like Buzz was gonna like shove him in the attic or something wasn't he yeah pretty much yeah yeah, the, yeah there's there's... i just didn't yeah that's the thing like he was just like oh this poor kid i just didn't feel it for him at all badly to be honest i think it's a man it's a pretty bad script i think yeah i it's... think that that is what it comes down to like he's a great little actor but i think mm. what obviously he's been given is just not right at all yeah. and it just kind yeah. of he, okay, i'll take the charm back he had he had moments where yeah work, but it, a lot there of, are for me, definitely it was moments hard hard. there yeah definitely mm. um and then obviously you've got all the kind of eye roll uh, kind of reference moments to the originals and then Buzz and it's just yeah. like, why? Who cares? <laughs> of course Buzz was became a cop. Yeah. Of course he became yeah. a cop. <laughs> of, all, of all the professions, of course. Um, yeah. yeah. And then and then like the half-assed reference to Kevin and like, they could have just, they could have got, I mean, they could have offered Macaulay Culkin enough yeah, money. Sure. To what was the story? Did they, did they? He must have. Surely they must. I mean, I was expecting him to be the pizza guy or something that he. he... No, he built a computer. He, he, he built, built Alexa, this... basically. <laughs> yeah. He built Alexa. He, he is. He's, he's like that sec- <laughs> he... the security thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think they could have definitely incorporated him more because. And that's what's the most interesting thing is that they've tried to do it to that rather than make it its own thing like every Home Alone is after the first two. Um, and maybe if they. I assume they'll probably end up making another one to be fair oh. oh i don't know this didn't make any money or well it went straight well to received, disney plus so... didn't it so yeah it, mm, i bet it i, I mean bet still... it's had a lot of views yeah i bet it's... oh yeah because there's they... nostalgia look look at netflix making the like christmas prince movies everyone knows they're not good but if it's enough of a draw uh-huh. that people still go and watch mm-hmm. it every christmas for the memes yeah then they'll and, and they want to hear the you know the home alone theme and stuff yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and the thing is as well they could do that now where they make a new one and go oh look macaulay culkin's back kind of thing they could literally still yeah. do that well that's still possible um <coughs> haven't done that at all in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, but no, that, that's obviously still a possibility. I mean, Disney has as much mm. money in in the world that they possibly need. They probably bucks, will because so. it's a. It's, I think it's an easy Christmas. And, yeah, like sit around movie, isn't it? Yeah, so. exactly. And he's back in. He's back in the acting game now. Um, mm. And so yeah, I have to. I have to admit, it's. I, I think another thing that really disappointed me about this film was just how 
the the script was not up to scratch like mm. the, between the dialogue and just the overall narrative it also just looks so boring like it had, just it had a very locked effect. off locked off cameras just there really boring mm. camera angles just nothing no one even thought just hey let's just let's just move the camera while this scene's happening <laughs> that will yeah. make it feel a little bit more dynamic but it it is just like they showed up and they're like right guys we've got to we've we've got to wrap this up rob delaney's really busy <laughs> we've got to get this wrapped up in about 5 days we've got keenan thompson only for two scenes come on you going to make today yeah, I, I see what you're saying, Drew, because I felt a lot of this, a lot of the, what we saw felt like rehearsal takes. Like, I felt a lot yeah. of, the energy really was up and down, and like, the first, like, 20 minutes, I swear, like, Rob Delaney didn't know the camera was rolling. Um, <laughs> Rob Delaney felt, is such he felt, a... He was, like, he was a bit like, I'm just running lines, okay, and then everyone's like, move on. He's like, what? Oh, okay. Rob um, Delaney is so boring as an actor. Like, I've never seen a more boring <laughs> comedy actor. I don't know how he's got so popular because he is so boring and so not funny that every time he's on screen, I'm like, I hate everything about you. And Ali Kempner is so much better than you. Please yeah, leave I the building. I, I really like Ellie Kempner when she, when she, her, when the dark side, I guess, took over and she realized she had to break in. And she kind of got, she leaned more into like the wet banded kind of terror. Territory. And I, I really like that. But then obviously with them being sympathetic, which I didn't, I didn't, again, it was interesting, but if you're going to watch these people go suffer yeah. injury, they, you, you can't feel for them. You, they yeah. need to be like, they exactly. deserve it. Yeah, it stuff, yeah. So. doesn't fully work, the moralistically at least. Yeah. Um, it, it does feel like them two though are in like a completely different film. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But Absolutely. Like, like that... that's why all my synopsis was mainly them <laughs> and not actually the kid, because I was more focused on them. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Alex. Do I do want to come back to Alex's point, but yeah, yeah, yeah sure. it uh, I was gonna say earlier that I it feels like their it's their it is their film more than it is Archie Yates's film. hundred percent. Mm. Like the oh, first yeah. film is unequivocally about Kevin, but this is way more about jeff and pam sorry right alex sorry back to you yeah i i don't know it's it's weird and i, I must say i think and obviously ross your points on rob delaney <laughs> but, uh, but i must say like i think i enjoyed the film more because of them two specifically and especially when mm. it gets into the meat of the the traps and them trying to break into the house uh, their physical mm. comedy is really great and i found myself laughing quite a lot through that sequence I've... Yeah, I I think like Pam especially is really good in this. Like, yeah, um, she, yeah. although I she I like some some aspects. I do like the fact that she literally turns insane. She's like, no, we've come too far. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I, if they now. didn't, if they weren't so sympathetic, um, if they didn't have to save their house, I think they that turn could have worked, and they could have gone more with it, more of it. But yeah, and I don't yeah. know whether I I laugh more because it because of the way they were acting or just because I like seeing people go through physical pain. I, I really don't know, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was still, I, th I think like once it kind of got going into that, it did go mm. a, a lot quicker and it was, it yeah. seemed a bit better. I'm, I'm sure it, if I were to, if I were to watch this with my seven year old nephew, that when it gets mm. to that bit, I'm sure he would be having a really good time. Yeah, just yeah, like sure. I remember yeah. having at that age sure. watching the original. Yeah. Definitely. But the the difference being, I watched. My wife had never seen um, the original, and really? we watched it what? for the first time uh, like three years ago. Oh, 
Um, and so I sat down and watched it and two adults still watching this whole movie being like, that is from start to finish, mm-hmm. really entertaining for adults. And this one would still work for a kid. I'm sure it would be fine, but it just, there is no extra layer. There's no additional winking to the camera. There's no jokes that are there for the, for the adults to get that the kids will miss. It's just, and they had some talent on screen as well. They didn't use, they had uh, what was it? Keenan Thompson for like two scenes. The yeah, Dean Chris from community. For one scene. Yeah. With like three lines. They must've had scenes that were cut or something. Cause they can't have just been like, do you want to come in for literally half a day? One, one scene, three lines. And um, it's Disney, my baby. Disney money. <laughs> Disney. Right, awesome. we, uh, do you want to hear the list of the, the list of the injuries that this poor couple so, went through? Before, very quickly before we do it, you remember mm. before, I mean, first of all, just a point on the fact that this is kind of, again, another thing that a lot of sequels and reboots and all of that kind of stuff are doing these days is it's, it's the classic movie in the premise, but for the new age. Like the social yeah. media age. And, oh, sure. And yeah. that's kind of yeah. what is it like you say it incorporates their version of Alexa and uh, all of this kind of stuff. And again, he, this kind of feeds into my other um, thing. Like, do you remember years ago where people would joke me like, they could never make Home Alone these days because uh, the mum would just look on her smartphone and she'd get like notifications from a smart thermometer that, that somebody yeah. was in and it's like, it would never happen. And it's like, yeah. well, they kind of proved that it probably still could, still could yeah. happen. There'd still be people yeah. idiotic enough to do to do such a thing. They they definitely dealt with that well. I was impressed yeah. with how how they buy because I was just waiting, yeah. j- just desperate to be like how they yeah. fucked up. And I was like, oh no, they no they. I I would have liked a line where Max was saying to his mum or something like, you know, I want a phone for Christmas, and she's like, you're too young or something. They obviously could afford it, but. Obviously, kids aren't supposed to have phones anyway, but <laughs> a lot, I think a line like that as well would have been quite good. Just to simply, like, just to say, like, he doesn't actually have any mm. any uh, any way of calling the cops. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that it's also, I I was impressed with the sort of truncated time frame of it, and the fact that as soon as soon as Carol realizes what's happened, she is immediately turning around, and for a large part of the runtime of the movie is with her in transit on the plane and uh, and I, I i was impressed with that like it doesn't it didn't drag it out any longer than it had to the fact that they hadn't it didn't have all the pratfalls of people walking into different rooms in the hotel in tokyo for 48 hours assuming they've just missed him like i hated I, that I scene on the that. plane though like out of everything you could do to make a comedy scene on a plane, yeah. you pick. He Some keeps guy looking, looking at, at her B's, uh, tel- screen. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> like, out of everything you could do, that That's was a bit their team. Yeah, I was waiting because uh, I think I cut back to him later as well, and I was like, "He's going to be falling asleep on her shoulder because that's the trope," yeah. and he's not. <laughs> they don't even go with that really like, easy trope. Like, all right, stick with the guy looking at the TV. It worked last time. Yeah, <laughs> I must say as well, this is a note to casting directors everywhere. Don't hire <laughs> Ashling B and not let her use her own accent. Like it's just oh, don't hire God. her and not let her be funny. Well, yeah, I thought I mean, her accent was, was great. Well, yeah, but but I, I I thought she was when I first heard about this. I thought she was going to be one of the robbers. That would have um, great. Which that I still I think really I still think Ellie Kemper is is really funny. But I would have preferred to see Ashling B. Yeah. But but you're you are right, Alex. That just it's and her, <laughs> her English accent is good. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's not it's not 
perfect. And so for anyone who does know her as a as a performer in her native accent, it, it's so distracting because you just you it, <laughs> you're I, waiting for those little like yeah, giveaways. Well, every you? time <laughs> she speaks, it is just the voice in the back of his head. Going, just what are they doing? Yep. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No one cares if she's Irish and has an, a kid with an English accent. Just say. <laughs> Just say, have one line about how she's from Ireland, but they've spent the last seven years in London. That's all it needs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. yeah. But, but vindication because she's going to have her own her own accent in Doctor Who. So is she? Ooh, yeah. is she in Doctor Who? Is she? Okay. Yeah. Is she the new Doctor? Do no, you know? I don't think so. No, she's just a, oh. a guest star in the New Year's Day special. So ah, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Ah. All right, any other thoughts then before we wrap up and I go through this list? No, burn it, burn it to hell. Burn it. <laughs> All right, so these poor, innocent people. Let's go through this. Try and try and decide, I guess, yourselves how much this will hurt you, hurt you listening. Okay. Uh, so first, during the car, they suffer road... Uh, Max uh, ices the road down and they crash into a streetlight. Yeah, I mean, uh, that and then sucks. They... These people are... are my, That's I... a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. that is. Oh, to be, yeah, and we should mention, like, when uh, Rob Delaney sells the doll at the end he has enough money obviously to like sell it to, to keep his family alive but also repay all the damages yeah, in fix. Ashley B's yeah, house yeah. like how much did this doll go for all uh, so yeah they, they wreck their car they then get hurt when they're going up the slippery uh, driveway they then get <laughs> blinded and fall over like fences when the flashlights come on Rob Delaney eats hot, uh, cookies filled with hot sauce and st- like like fire hot milk with no steam but somehow burns like his throat <laughs> Hey, it's um, cold yeah. outside, but the milk is so <laughs> hot that there's no steam coming no off steam, the nothing. milk. Um, the kid throws uh, bottles of Mentos and Coke. Uh, that that sh- was shit. He shakes it up, throws shit. it at Ellie Kemter, and they it don't explode. Dreadful. And everyone who has been who's has been a kid and done that knows, like, you step the fuck back, yeah. and that goes first. Does one of them even she kicks it a little bit? Does one of them even hit either of them? No, yeah. she gets sprayed, I think, by Coke. Oh, okay. no, no, no. She gets hit, them... but like, and then she goes with the dustbin lid and she runs like away oh, and yeah, bats yeah, them yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. So that he's really good at aiming these fucking Coke <laughs> missiles, <laughs> apparently, because oh my god, I hated it. Uh, he then <laughs> fires a, a fire arrow. I can't remember what he fires, but he it, it sets uh, Ellie Kemp's feet on fire, which could basically burn her to death. She then runs over to a tap drenches herself in cold water, including her hair, so she's going to get pneumonia. Um, as Rob Delaney breaks into the house, somehow Max has put like a, a pin, I guess he's like, I don't know, tacks it on. He's put a pin onto the security code, so when he presses number, number one, oh. like an inch long pin, uh, <laughs> pin goes through his fucking mm. finger. He then gets shot in the head with a snooker ball from like an air compressed gun. Max put his, his VR headset on oh, Rob that, Delaney. Oh, oh my God, oh, I forgot so that. So Rob Delaney that. wakes up. Rob Delaney at this point, I won't oh, go into it. Oh that, that was the bit where I <laughs> thought this movie needs to be... Oh my God. <laughs> so oh take my take, God. It, take this Santa movie suit. behind the woodshed. Yeah, explain How this. do you try wearing... and convince convince people that somebody is actually going to fall for that shit? <laughs> like, well, exactly. All of this... Like the 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 fucking the the iced driveway and the two grown adults who have been responsible for two <laughs> children for at least twelve years can't move two feet to the side and walk up the lawn, and this grown man who works in software <laughs> is fully convinced that he is like 
there's no, he's, not, he's, not got, yeah, like, he's not got on-ear headphones, so oh. all he can hear is the sounds of the house around him. <laughs> Yeah, it smells it's... like the house. It's warm like the house. Oh There's my no god! Oh, in the house, he's wearing his Santa oh, so suit. Actually, did he? Did would he have already had mild? Well, I say mild. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. I say you can get away with this a little bit because he's probably a little bit brained at this point. Alex, <laughs> that's why you're the professional. <laughs> he is, he's, he's, yeah, yeah. but also he's wearing his Santa suit, and somehow Max has programmed the VR. So when Rob Danini looks down, he looks as the same Santa <laughs> suit. That he's <laughs> I can understand if he's slightly knocked out and he can believe that he's on an edge of a cliff, but. To look down and see the Santa suit. No, you've lost me there, Phil. I, I, I made it all the way until 68 minutes. Um, yeah, so then Rob Delaney, he, he's on a, he thinks he's on the edge of the cliff. He's another rock next to him. He tries to jump to the rock to safety. But in real life, he just jumps into shelves that fall down on him. Um, this got a genuine I'm, laugh. I'm he then falls because it's so bad. Yeah, this got a genuine so laugh. He bad. falls down off the shelves in front of the front door, and Ellie Kemter is, is somehow outside. And she comes. She tries to get through the front door, and she bashes the front door. And she's like, "Hun, it's locked. It's like something's something's blocking it. Something's blocking it." She's bushing it, and she's like whacking Rob Delaney, who's passed out on the floor. Yeah. That actually got a genuine laugh from me because I thought that was quite the way she sold it. I thought that was quite very home alone-ish. Um, obviously. More of a concussion uh, for Paul Rob Delaney. Yeah. Um, Ellie Kemter then steps on Legos um, as, they, as they try and chase Max up the stairs. Rob Delaney gets hit with a bag of flour to the balls, a bag of milk to the balls, and then again has a, a, a quite a home alone joke, I think, where he's like, the kid's trying to turn me into a bloody cookie. And Ellie Kemper goes, no, for, for uh, cookies, you need sugar. And then yeah. he looks up and he gets hit in the face with a bag of sugar. <laughs> that's was like, I was like, that's home alone. That's fine. Yeah. But still, hurts. Um... Ellie Kemper then gets multiple thumbtacks yet to the face and the body. She gets um, a weight that you put on a dumbbell uh, dropped on her foot and then gets hit oh, down the stairs. shit, yeah. Yeah, broken foot. She, she's holding a yoga ball and another weight uh, is get thrown, her, thrown at her so she falls down the stairs, tripping up Rob Delaney. The, we have a great callback then where it's... <laughs> Uh, Max goes, have you given up or you're thirsty for more? And I'm literally just going like, oh, dude, leave him alone. Like this... <laughs> Rob Shall Delaney I murder you now? These, yeah, these they work kind of people. at first. This one, I'm just like, oh, it's creepy. Rob Delaney falls out of a window onto a tree and then gets, cat uh, sorry, onto a trampoline and then gets catapulted into a tree uh, and then um, nearly gets stabbed by icicles that are falling on off a yeah, roof. Yeah, uh, with that, I was like, what? Uh, are you trying to skewer him to death? <laughs> With these icicles. <laughs> like, what the fuck? No, no, Attempted is... murder. I say, he's forgiven for a lot at the end of this I was film. just going to say, this is Home Alone. If one of if one of them pierced him in any place, it could have literally gone right <laughs> through his heart and he'd have got up and yeah. gone, let's get him! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I was expecting him to kind of maybe fall over and one, you know, the, the camera's on the icicle going down to his bum. And then we just see him like lift his head up and go. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I was I was expecting that again, maybe as a little trope. Yeah. Uh, the last thing is Ellie Kemp is on like um, one floor of the house and she has to get down to the ground floor. She sees a rope and I guess just assumes that it's attached to something stable. Oh yeah, no, it's because not, and she falls face Earlier first in the onto film, the ground. He, uh, he does actually use that, doesn't he, yeah. to get down? So. Ah, fair enough. Fair and enough. then unties um, it. And then right at the end, which I guess isn't part of anyone's traps or anything, but they nearly die by a chandelier wire falling because of the weight and nearly kills them all and i guess yeah. would have maybe made the film a bit better i i can only assume like hearing you list all of that and and having this discussion <laughs> and this this isn't a, a thought that i'd had before this moment i think i think the original intention for this film was for max to be the baddie i think i think the intention was for the adults to be the goodies 
and for Max to be the anti- the full villain weird, of the piece and them having to idea. battle the adversity of this kid. But someone was like, no, the optics aren't good or it's too much of a departure, so we've just got to make everyone the goody. Mm. And it made, if they had committed, assuming this was what the plan was, if it had committed more to that idea, I think it could have worked. But there we go. I mean, if they'd have released it on Disney Star, then maybe he could have murdered Rob Delaney or something. <laughs> <laughs> with, with an icicle. Like fucking Die Hard 2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, should we do some scores? Let's oh, do God. some scores. Let's go around. Um, Drew, wrap us up. What do you think? And give us your score. It's, uh, it's not good, Andy. It's not no. good. I didn't um, get the impression. No. I, like, I, I, I think I've said everything that I can say about this film. It... There, it has some interesting ideas. There was some promise, and it just absolutely pisses it all entirely up the wall. Fine if you're seven. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to give it 1.75 useless, useless cameos out of five. 1.75. Maybe pretty generous. Let's see what Ross has to say. Ross. Piece of shit. 0. 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> there you go love absolutely it. absolutely well done Alex I love it doesn't, doesn't he say anymore just no. bam put out that half a point <laughs> yeah I, I mean again I think everything's been said that um, could possibly be said about this film um, what one and a half oh god you nice. got you and Drew are so generous I'm gonna go I'm gonna go just a little bit higher than Ross and go 0.75 because I, I felt there was there was at least three genuine laughs that I think that were like written set up punches. So I'm going to give 25, 0.25 for each, <laughs> each laugh. Because one joke we haven't mentioned is when like when the daughter's singing in the church and when the, like, the dad gets up and rather than zooming in on his phone, he gets up and like, we don't see him walk down the church, which would have been really funny, but we just see a shot of him like just moving his like phone closer to the daughter. <laughs> I thought that was well funny. That's one tiny bit of that film. We needed to see him get up and like walk down and see people kind of go like, "What the?" But it's not his film. Point seven five. Literally, stay away from this film as far away as you can. I, I, yeah. Well, so there we go. It's um, there's no beating around the bush. It is our lowest rated (laughs) film that we have ever done on the podcast. Yes. Um. <laughs> I honestly didn't think we'd go lower than one when I when I gave uh, Suicide Squad one. I was like, I'd never go lower than that. One's gonna be my lowest. <laughs> it's um yeah uh, the the next two uh, above it. There's Suicide Squad came in at one point eight one, and Wild Wild West one point four four. So. Andy, yeah. you you were the host for the two lowest scoring movies thus far. <laughs> I didn't pick this one. Right? You didn't I blame the festive one. season. This, this right? one was pre. I might have picked Wild Wild West. I'll take ownership. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll throw my hands up for that. What do we uh, What do we give this one? Uh, one point one three. Ooh, that is low. That is low. Right, so we've all given our opinions on this reindeer turd of a movie. It's time to try and make this shit into a hit. That's right, it's time to get your sequels pitched. This week you'll be pitching to our special guest host Alex your sequel ideas. After your pitch, Alex may have a few questions for you or ask you to expand on an idea or story element. Once all pitches have been heard, we'll take off our Christmas mittens and bring out our sharpened candy canes as we fight to convince Alex that our pitch is the best. Hurtful words, eye gouging and low blows are encouraged. Just remember to keep it Christmassy. (laughs) Alex, 
Who would you like to hear first? Myself, Drew, or Ross? I'm going to go with Drew. Drew Twingy. Okay. When you're ready, sir. Um, so I had I had a couple of kind of... I, I got really stuck on the like crazy <laughs> bonkers ones and so i i my first one was home sweet home alone the rapture where max realizes he is literally the final human being left on earth having been <laughs> everyone else been has been raptured by christ yeah. um but he's such a shit that he wasn't um what a great christmas movie <laughs> yeah, yeah um and then he in the end he renounces christ and all of this is pure and holy because he's so distressed and is subsequently dragged to hell for an eternity of torture um i decided against that i then thought about home sweet home alone home front where max wakes up one day and finds there's an invading force that's taken over all of america it's the british and they've taken everyone hostage and he's the only person who's free so the has, home in this in this in this case is america is, is the usa um but again Alex against the british and and it's like he has to he has to go up against his own countrymen and and decide what it means to be english in america but um, again oh. I, and i was like i so near went with that but there's a coming of age crisis identity story in there somewhere yeah but ultimately (laughs) i i i couldn't see disney signing off on it so (laughs) i have just gone with home sweet home alone 2 so jeff's cloud business is booming he's consulting for McAllister security with his help McAllister security have had a bumper year all of the houses in town are now protected by them max and his family have now moved into a newer even bigger house because there's lots of jokes about how even though they fixed it all the underlying structural damage was so bad they ended up just having to move to a newer house um And we discover that everyone in this town at Christmas gathers at the local school for a good old-fashioned American Christmas Christmas tradition where a giant game of American football is played by the whole town and there are crazy rules and silly costumes um, and the event is coming up. And throughout the whole movie, there'll be jokes where new rules get brought up and it's just like, let the actors improv the new rules and no one understands the rules and it all gets very silly. Um, the adults all seem to think the festive football is fantastic and the kids all hate it. It's embarrassing and confusing that everyone's cold and wet. They don't like it. So Max, his sister and Jeff and Pam's kids, Abby and Chris, all concoct a plan to pretend they've come down with the flu so that they don't have to go. Um, then we discover that McAllister security has had a leak. A bunch of cynical, cool millennials managed to clone Jeff's laptop and decide to break into all the houses in town when the game is happening and steal as much as they can. Max and Chris, whilst discussing their own secret plan, come across them and hear that they're going to start at Max's house because it's the biggest house in town. The robbers are played by Pete Davidson, Caitlin Diva, Beanie Feldstein and Billy Lord, by the way. They're all funny. I think they could all definitely do good menacing as well. I think that would be really good. Um, So the kids try and tell all the adults, but none of them believe them. They start saying that they must all have fever and they imagine it because of the flu and you play it off like the adults know they were lying about the flu but they think that they're punishing them by like playing along and not letting them come to the game like because everyone's got to be a bit stupid in this fucking film um it is a sequel to the one before so all the adults go and the kids all get to work preparing the house for the intrusion the uh, the robbers come but there's a problem They've changed their mind. They decide to go to Max's neighbour first. She's a little old lady. She doesn't come out much. The kids are all a bit scared of her. They think she's a witch, but then they build up the courage and they go in and help and cue hilarious hijinks. The kids 
take the robbers down in the little old lady's house um, and they keep her safe and then the robbers escape and they chase them back to Max's house. There they've got even more traps, so you've got double the trap fun. Um, some of the kids get captured and tied up, but they escape and Max manages to get the robber's laptop and reactivate the security systems. It sends out a ping, but then they catch him. They stop the ping. They tie up all the kids. They're debating what to do. And then Buzz shows up with Kevin, who has come for a Christmas ride along um, to prove that he's not the one doing the pranking. Um, they show up at the house. They open the front door. They immediately see all the traps and Kevin is immediately like, wait. I know what's happening here. And Kevin expertly negotiates all of the traps and gets around them all. Um, and he sort of does his funny looks and various trademark things that he did in the first film. Him and Buzz save the kids. The parents come home. They look at all the damage and they say, oh, no, not again. And then there's some sort of moral conundrum about how sometimes traditions are good and sometimes they're bad and they can be let go. And I'll let the director decide what side of that they come down on. And that's the end of the movie. Very nice, very nice, Drew. Uh, Alex, Alex, what, what have you got from? Well, come on then. What side do they land on? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! I do that. I, I write the pitch, not the script. No, I, I think, I think in this instance, um, it would be that the kids would all. I, I think the adults would have the moment where they say, "We understand that you didn't want to come. We should have, we should have given you the choice and not." We should we should have been more mature about it, but then the kids agree to do it and actually have fun anyway. Yeah, that that seems incredibly Hollywood. Uh, that that yeah, that's <laughs> very good. Um, what I want to know a few things. Mm-hmm. What are some of the uh, rules at this um, American <laughs> football game? Festive oh my edition. god! Like <clears throat> so. It would be things like if one team has over X amount of points, then the then the person holding the ball is only allowed to run backwards, or like people have to cluck like a chicken when they Squid score, and, it, and and if they don't, they lose all the points for their team. Like completely arbitrary nonsense stuff that will just prolong the game and hopefully get a chuckle out of people when it happens. Yeah, and you're thinking like turkey costumes and like, yeah yeah everyone's dressed up as turkeys just, and santa <laughs> and reindeer and um and they're like people in people in turkey costumes absolutely hoon smashing each other's in american football tackles and stuff like that nice nice um you had me with 75 percent of no wait 80 percent of the uh, characters that play the millennials, yeah. <laughs> um, why why the hell did you choose Pete Davidson? <laughs> um, just a bit like honestly, because he's in the zeitgeist at the moment. Honestly, fair, like, fair. I I think that to I th- you are probably right. Like you know, if between <laughs> if we were talking about Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney, seeming like they were in a different film to the rest of them. So the... <laughs> well, Pete Davidson's basically always on crack, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it was because I was like, he's he seems like a good natured enough human being in real life, but he could, I I he could definitely, he looks. Oh God, I feel bad saying this. He looks like someone who would play a baddie in a kids movie. That's fair. <laughs> That's, fair. That's fair. At least you could secure the Kim Kardashian cameo too. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And then finally, who who do you see playing the the little old lady? Oh, I'd love. I would love for it to be Sally Field. Okay. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a good one. I, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't go that way actually about it. I was thinking like Betty White vibes. Mm, oh, that would be Betty White, yeah. very good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're better at this game than me. <laughs> there we are. Maybe I will be the casting director for the sequel. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's me done. I'm 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 sorted on that now. You got enough on Drew? Yeah, enough right? on Who would you like to hear now? Thanks, uh, Alex. Andy, take it away because I, I just I mean I I've definitely not seen all of the pictures and I'm definitely not saving a certain one for last. <laughs> Absolutely agree. Well done. Well done. Okay. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. I, I have trouble coming up with titles to mine. Um yes, I've got a few. Uh, yeah. Um I got Home Sweet Home uh, Sweet Home Sweet Home Alone Two, it takes two as a as a theme. Uh Home Sweet Home Alone Two, two for the price of one. Family time is good times. <laughs> But the one I think I'm going to go for is Home Sweet Home Are Pwned. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can see the marketing now, can't you? Max and his sister Casey have to defend their home against some bullies who want to party and loot their empty house. So we open on Max sitting by a window looking out into the snowy winter street, which is filled by kids having snowball fights. Katie's, uh, Katie, Max's 16-year-old sister, walks in and tells Max he has no friends. And we establish that he's a bit of a nerd. He's really into comics and cartoons. And Katie's obsessed with her phone, trying everything she can to be popular. Carol, played by Ashley B., the mum walks in and says she has received the kids' latest school reports and they're bad. Carol grounds Katie over the holidays, saying she can't go to any parties and has to study. And she tells Max he's too obsessed with the comics and superheroes. And he takes, his way, he takes away his favourite toy. Uh, I think it will be something like a, a, a metal replica of Thor's hammer. Mon, mon year. Mon year? Yeah. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Meow, meow. Meow. Uh, she takes it away and she puts it in the attic, saying he can have it back when his tests improve. Katie scares Max by lying and telling him that telling him there's a, the attic is haunted by a ghost and he'll never get his toy back. Carol is stressed as she has to go abroad for business and she needs Katie to, to look after Max. Uh, Katie objects as she wants to go to her boyfriend's party and Max isn't excited as his mum shouldn't be working during Christmas and she'd be home. Carol explains that she's very busy and she puts money on the table so the kids can buy food. Max asks Katie if he was if she will sneak out using the trellis outside her window like she did the other night and Katie hits him to shut him up. Kate, uh, Carol breaks up the fight and says, you two used to be the best of friends. Why do you always fight now before picking up her briefcase and storming out? Later that night, Max and Katie are trying to get along by watching TV, but they end up fighting again. Later, Katie's friend Alison comes to the house and convinces Katie that she should have a party since she has an empty house. Max objects at first, but uh, Katie suggests they split the house down the middle and he can invite some friends over and they each have a party. Uh, the scenes of the, par- uh, scenes of the pair get in the house ready for a party and they go into the shops to buy drinks and snacks. Uh, everyone's under 16, obviously, so it's not, really, it's not the good kind of Coke. And then the scenes of the guests arriving and two different types of parties happening. The next day, it looks like a PG version of the morning after a frat party. Max gets up and slides down a cardboard slide he and his friends made to the kitchen. And Katie enters saying someone stood on her phone and it's broken. Uh, they realise they spent all their money on the party. Yeah, get that out of the way. She can't call the cops. Yeah, yeah. Um, they realise they spent all the money on the party and they have no food or drink left. They dig around in the sofas for some money. Katie tells Max to go to the shop and buy whatever he can. And she makes, she'll make them food when they get back. Seeming fair, Max agrees and leaves with Katie. Sorry. Seeming fair, Max agrees and leaves. And Katie goes around waking everyone up and telling them to leave. At the shop, we meet Derek and his four college friends. And this is like America. So yeah, college is 18 to 20 or something, isn't it? 
Uh, mm. They walk into the shop and they try and buy alcohol with a fake ID, but get refused. And there's a bit of a uh, chance for a bit of comedy there. Max then enters the shop and spends uh, his money on what he can. The worker sees Max is trying to save money and says he can save money if he joins the store's saver card. Max writes his name and address down on a sign-up sheet while bragging to the worker about the party he and his sister had last night in the empty house. Derek overhears this and while Max walks outside, he tries to bully Max into saying where he lives, but Max doesn't tell him and leaves. The boys then go back into the shop and distract the worker by pushing over shelves so Derek can sneak behind the till and rip out the page of the mailing list so he can get Max's address. Once outside, Derek tells the boys all they need to do is break in and then lock the kids in a cupboard all night. Uh, they can also steal some stuff as Derek recognises the address is, a, is in a posh part of town. Max returns for getting an item, maybe like his receipt or something, uh, and sees the state of the shop. He helps to clean it up and that's when he realises and finds the sign-up sheet page ripped off. Max runs home and tells Katie he thinks the bullies will try to break into their home tonight and they need to protect it. And maybe he can have a line like, oh, I've done this before. Uh, Max and Katie struggle for power as they try to work together, forming a plan to protect the house. After fighting again, they decide to split the house up and each defend a half. They spend the day setting up their own traps inside and outside, each their own Christmas song. Uh, there's only one thing left on Max's list. He needs to get his toy from the attic. Uh, it's kind of his security blanket, but he can need it as well, maybe for a trap. He pumps himself up and climbs into the attic. He looks around, ready to fight, but he sees no ghost. He grabs his toy, which is next to a, next to a cracked window. This crack lets in just enough air to move a sheep that is hanging up. As Mac pick, Max picks up the hammer, he sees the sheep moving and thinks it's the ghost. He attacks and, de he attacks and defeats the ghost, giving him the confidence to go through with his plan. <laughs> Uh, so we have scenes of the bullies trying to enter the house, but getting forward by the traps. Uh, the traps seem to be working, but for some reason, Katie and Max end up on each other's uh, areas, the other side of the house, having to act out the other one's plan. It doesn't go well at first, but the pair start to think like the other, and the traps start working again. The bullies get hurt, but only get knocked out when Max and Katie work together, either helping uh, in, in traps that need two people, or sometimes I cause spontaneous traps that went wrong. Uh, until only Derek is left. One of Max's traps goes wrong and a bully and Katie fall out a window. The bully is knocked out and Katie tries to enter the house worried about Max but can't as the front and back door are either locked or booby trapped. She's stuck outside. Derek corners Max and is about to beat him, uh, beat him up when Katie appears and knocks Derek out with, a ha with Thor's hammer. Katie explains that she climbed up the trellis and then they apologise for how they acted earlier and they say they're happy for each other, uh, happy to have each other and he's happy to have... Uh, Katie explains she climbed up the trellis and then they each apologise for how they acted earlier and say they're happy they have each other in their lives. Max thanks Katie for saving him and she replies every great hero needs a sidekick. They hug and Katie calls the cops on Derek's phone. Kara comes back and sees the state of the house and the cops and she starts to shout at Max and Katie but Max and Katie end to actually stand up for each other. Katie say saying it was Max's intelligence setting up and building the traps that saved the house and Max saying Katie's selflessness and ideas for the traps is what saved it. Carol apologises um, for shouting and basically calling Max dumb at the start and uh, Katie for being shallow and she says maybe she doesn't know her kids that well and she's going to cut back some hours at her job to spend more time with them. Everyone hugs and uh, we fade out to a Christmas song Everyone hugs in the snow and we fade out to a, to a Christmas song. I've also just remembered. Do you remember the dad was in this? Apparently. Max had a dad for one line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just remembered as I finished. I was a bit like, why? I don't know. <laughs> Did he have a dad? I can't remember pitching anything about a dad. I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't realize. No, he steps on the Lego piece and then comes until in. Until I leaves. looked on the Wikipedia article and was like, oh, that guy's his dad. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Well done, Andy. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, very good. Hit me. I, you know what? I was genuinely, as you're reading it, going right. What can I do? What can I do? What can I ask here? And I genuinely 
I'm I'm stumped. It's, it's perfect. Like, no, it's... it really is like an incredibly well thought out pitch, um, with great callbacks, great um, like kind of. Um... Disney, give me a call. <laughs> I can make this franchise work. Give it to me. Come on. Yeah. Uh, it's got those uh, emotional moments that work really well uh, once they they come back around. You've got the I- the IP connections. You can you can have Max having Avengers posters in his room and a, a Star Wars Star Wars toys and all of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, like uh, Pixar ball or whatever, all that kind of stuff. Just that that works really well. Um, so yeah, I don't really have anything apart from who you think would play Derek because I feel like that's very important. See, I don't know because it's going to be it's going to be a I don't want to steal Drew's answer, actually, but I can totally see why he picked <laughs> Pete Davidson because he would, he'd be a great wet bandit like replacement. And now I can't get him out of my head. Um, so either Pete Davidson or it'd be an unknown. I know it's a bad, a bad choice, but I can't. Okay. Is Pete Davidson our new The Rock who's going to be in every, <laughs> every pitch? Yeah, no, I, I genuinely, I'm kind of baffled at how good it is, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. No, because I remember your ET pitch, and I was just—I I was more baffled at how bad that was. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, it is a massive—it's a massive glow up. I have to admit. Um, yeah. Oh, no. what? Andy's going to win well, two that... weeks in a row. This is bullshit. Yeah, Andy's going to well, win. Well, I going to say, listen, with... there's, ne- there's never been. Happen. This is yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Well, I say there only leaves one man left for his pitch, then, isn't it? Yeah. Ross, when you're ready, son. Okay. Uh, I've gone the serious route, okay? <laughs> um, so settle in for some holiday feels. I've Just for the listeners, very, very quickly, often we, we read each other's ahead of time. I've not had time, so I don't know what's coming. Oh, good. I'm so us. glad you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I also haven't read it. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. All right, here we go. Oh, my God, I've just read the first line. <laughs> the Fast oh, Home. And the Furious alone. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You've got to wait. Hey, shush, I'll do my pitch. Hold on. Do it, do it. We oh. open the movie. Vin Diesel is floating in space. Go see our Fast 9 episode if you want to understand the Ross EU. The camera pushes towards uh, into his eye. We then hear a kid shouting, Toretto! The camera pulls out and we see it. Dominic, but as a child, think the Irishman de-aging, so kind of shit, uh, and he's still bald. Um, he move, moves like a fully grown six foot man, but a tiny child. Yeah. He uh, is. Um, he's playing with some cars with his brother. It's John Cena. Uh, we see it's Christmas. Snow is falling outside. There's a tree, fire, and obviously loads of pictures of Furbly. <laughs> Jacob, is, who's John Cena, crashes the car uh, into Dominic's hint, hint, uh, gets, and then Dominic <laughs> gets annoyed and storms off. But as he leaves, he almost bumps into an old-looking steering wheel that's like on a plinth or something. Uh, obviously, it's important. Then Dominic's dad comes in and tells him the story behind the steering wheel. Exposition bit. The steering wheel is from the Blue Bird, a car that broke the land speed record in 1927, <laughs> and it's worth millions. 
<laughs> we then cut to a man sitting in the front room watching TV and drinking heavily. The man is revealed to be Luke Hobbs Sr., but with a crap wig on. So think The Rock. He just play, he's playing here, but he's just got like a wig on. Um, <laughs> we then see a news bulletin. This is like exposition again. We learn that Daddy Toretto is going to be racing in France for Christmas. And without his longest racing rival, Hobbs Senior, in the race, due to injury, Toretto is sure to win. So basically, Hobbs Senior has been injured and he can't uh, be in the race. Then there's another piece, uh, like a news piece on the steering wheel as well. And he goes uh, and he throws the bottle at the TV and then his young son walks in. It's it's Luke Hobbs, uh, young rock. Um <laughs> Hob Senior tells him to go to bed, and he does. Uh, then he rings his friend. It's Kevin Hart, and they concoct a plan to rob Daddy Toretto and steal his wheel. Cut back to the family house. Um, it's morning. There is a hive of activity. There's publicists, managers, and all the racing team as well. So Daddy Toretto doesn't have much time for anything. The boys wake up and see all the activity, and they think they want to get out of the house. So they look at each other and say, race? Jacob agrees, and they head to the garage in which they get into these little tiny electric sports cars. And they head to the park. Uh, it's a five-minute car chase scene uh, in which an old lady gets run over. In uh, little electric cars? Yeah. Uh, Jacob and Dom have to, like, jump over this stream, and there's a chase at the end, uh, and then Dom lands in a load of snow, and they laugh at the end. Meanwhile, the dad leaves and is whisked away by the team and doesn't realise he's left the kids alone. The boys come back and they say... We're home alone. Uh, there's a montage of them having fun, looking at nudie mags, eating sweets, 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 uh, fixing their electric cars, boxing each other, shooting guns. You know, the normal, <laughs> the normal, the normal kid American things. Christmas. Yeah. Uh, then we uh, see Hobbs Senior pull up to the house with Kevin Hart. They approach. Um, they approach the front door, talking loudly about their plan to steal the wheel. Anyway, the boys hear this somehow. Maybe they're doing donuts in the cars in the back garden and they hear something go off. So they rush inside, see these guys, they overhear the plan, and they scare them off by playing a scene from Scarface or something out loud. And then the, they get the guys run away. Anyway, Kevin Hart, they run back to the car and they come back later uh, they say they're going to come back later so the boys have to prepare and so there's a montage of the trap making shit uh we see them preparing all the traps i'm going to say but just saving time uh so the rock and kevin hart later return with guns this time um <laughs> kevin kevin goes to approach the front door and the rock goes round the back kevin starts to pick the lock and we see dominic above uh him holding a bucket he pours something all over him. Kevin looks up and Dominic has a lighter. He then says the words, firmly, and then <laughs> drops the lighter down on Kevin Hart. And he's engulfed by flames. And he runs around for a bit uh, and then ends up jumping in a load of snow uh, with minor burns. 
Uh, <laughs> round the back of the house, Hob Senior is trying to jump over the back of a fence. He manages it with ease, looks at the camera, but turns out the boys have created a pneumatic spike that goes right up where the sun doesn't shine. Cue a hilarious look at the, uh, of the rock as the, his bum is pierced. Um, there's like oh. 20 minutes more of other traps that I can't detail uh, involving piranhas in a pool, tires being thrown down some stairs, knives, blown torches, the pneumatic lift thing that lifts up when you have to get underneath a car that maybe drops <laughs> down on them or something. Anyway, uh, it ends with Hobbs Senior and Kevin Hart getting the steering wheel and driving off. Insert car chase scene here with the Toretto brothers in their electric cars. <laughs> and one of the big stunts in this sequence is that the boys use a slide in which, in, in a park, to drive up in order to get onto the roof of the bad guy's car. But it looks like as they're halfway through the air, they're not going to make it. So John Cena uses his catapult to scare some birds nearby who fly in the direction of where the electric car is going and, and manage to catch a few birds. <laughs> And end up landing on the roof of the bad guy's car. Anyway, in the climax of the movie, they end up at an airport and all get aboard this plane that is taking off. They end up on the wing and have a fight. Uh, the Toretto's boys manage to overpower the two and they say the line, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, and they kick them into the engine. <laughs> they high, they high five, oh. and then they say, "No one messes with our family." <laughs> they spot the dad's private jet at the airport and sneak aboard and fly away, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> and then there's a post-credit scene of adult Dom is floating in space, and they see a sh and you see a huge shadow overcast him, um, and then in the reflection of his eye. We see an alien craft of some description. <laughs> End of movie. Oh, leaving us wanting more. Uh, Alex, where do you want to start? Uh, so, question one: <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> hey, You're I'm combining. Dom in space is amazing. <laughs> I'm combining. Two of the best franchises <laughs> of all time. <laughs> of all time. And, uh, Second of all, uh, are you going to deal with all the red tape between Disney and Universal? Or uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll cut a deal. We'll cut a deal. We'll. we'll they did it with Sony. <laughs> the hey, biggest they deal could... in the history of deals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it'll be fine. Um, oh. I think it's very ballsy of you to change the characters completely like it does between <laughs> Home Alone 2 and 3. And yeah. it's very, you know, uh, in likeness with, with the series itself, which is good. Uh, <laughs> again, not so sure about going to another existing IP, but... Uh, yeah. Um, wh question, where where do you imagine this, that this is going to be set? Uh, like California, maybe? I don't know. Somewhere. And let me get this straight. Great. <laughs> so this is when Do Dominic Toretto is a kid. And yeah. this is this is Hobbs' this is... dad. 
Yeah. Yeah. They don't so, know each other. So, <laughs> so you're telling me that the reason that The Rock left the Fast and Furious franchise to make his own spin-off is because Dominic Toretto <laughs> killed, killed his dad. His dad. <laughs> Yeah, we no. That's gonna be something that's dis- discovered later on down the line. That's a Fast and Furious sentence. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. He's gonna come back and realise that his dad was kicked into an airplane engine by an eight-year-old. What, ra- <laughs> what rating are you uh, imagining this is gonna be? This is all PG. Fifteen, probably. <laughs> Fifteen, okay, yeah, that's fine. That's definitely going to work with Disney. Uh, um, also, how how big are you imagining that fucking slide is going to be? I'm picturing the little one that goes round. No, no, it's like a flat slide. Like they're quite, it's quite. They're in little electric cars, so the electric oh, okay, car, yeah, yeah, the electric yeah. car goes up the slide. Not the like the big. The the oh. guys are in like a Humvee or something, and they the the electric car needs to catch up, so it goes up the slide and catches the flight of some passing birds. Because I'm imagining it'd have to be the width the width of a slide that you find in Wacky Warehouse or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, 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 just uh, yeah, enough to fit. An electric car on probably, and, and then a post-credit scene. Yeah, <laughs> bring in the so, alien. So, so it's not going to so... be. It's not going to be Home Alone. It's going to be Space Alone. Well, no. So <sighs> that is leading on to the That's next the Fast and Furious uh, in the Ross CU, the Ross CU. Uh, which then leads on to World War Z, um, <laughs> is which is uh, which is another episode. So it's all connected. <laughs> it's all connected, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the dedication to this stupid fucking joke. I love it. Uh, um, yeah, you've just you've just pitched this to Kevin Feige. He's quit. You are now the head of Marvel Studios. <laughs> yeah, that's everything. Thank you very much. Good. I love that. John Cena uses his catapult to scare a group of birds nearby who fly in the direction. The electric car manages to catch a few birds under them. Amazing. Amazing. It has also got the suspension of disbelief that both Fast and Furious and Home Alone <laughs> exactly. <have> so. exactly. <laughs> True to nature. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow, boys. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, this is the point where we normally would put down our forks and decide, <laughs> decide to debate and fight. <laughs> Who wants to start off saying why theirs is the best? You should pick mine because <laughs> mine is balls to the wall connecting all the franchises together in the Ross CU, baby. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, uh, I I made the point myself of like, hey, maybe Disney will acknowledge that this film is so bad, maybe it's good. So maybe they will do Rosses. Like, may, maybe. I would definitely watch Rosses. I, 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 I would watch that. it. I, I can't deny. If you can have Max that... like just coming out of a shop and that's it. <laughs> and he'd be like, that's it, that's the tie-in. And then, All right. and then the camera Green flies light. up to space. <laughs> and, and, and that's it. <laughs> what you don't realise is that it's set 700 years in the future and Max is, <laughs> Max is the discoverer of this alien race. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I mean, yeah, Ross's Ross's is its own beast, and if Alex <laughs> picks Ross's, I'm okay with it. And I'll be entirely honest. I as as Alex said, I normally take quite a few notes when I'm listening to the other pitches, and this I, Ross's has been left blank for obvious reasons. <laughs> but as with Alex, I was like, no, you know what, like. Okay. Andy's villains being some kids who fancied going to a house party and are a bit miffed that they can't is maybe a little bit weak. But other than that, it's like, yeah, I can't I can't argue with it, you know? Like, I'll defend myself as best I can with whatever points the other two have got to come back with. But yeah, it's um yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> I will also say, Alex, if you want to pick Ross's, I am absolutely fine with it. <laughs> a fucking Christmas cracker. Um, but yeah, mine, I would say, is the most festive, most Christmas, relates to family. That's oh, what okay, Christmas all right, is all, right. all about. Okay, right, here's Come mine. on, bring <laughs> it on. I'm, half of my movie is a giant Christmas-themed football game. You can't say yours you is half, the most festive. You're wasting festive. half a movie on a giant... That's got nothing to do with family. It's got a lot Where's to your do with bonding? comedy. Where you, your characters don't expand from the first one. Andy, I think yeah, you'll find do. that the one, the, the pitch that has the most to do with family <laughs> is wrong. <Robert. laughs> yeah. I can't deny that. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah what else can i say i think mine's the best it's the most christmasy family is what you need at christmas that's what mine is about you 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 the, the kids realize they do love each other they, they 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 need each other um ross is like yeah i i i can't put many faults in um <laughs> It's either um, it's either faultless or all fault, and I don't know yeah. which. It's either going to be the best-selling movie ever made or make no money <laughs> at all. Um, uh, the one thing I want to say to Drew when you when you, when the kids go in the old lady's house, have they got traps set up in there? No, it's all they they have to think on their feet and work as a team. And okay, yeah, there we go. That's all. That's all. That's all I've got. Uh yeah, I think the guys are good. Like, there's 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 is you know good. Um, but yeah, it's the power is up to you, Alex. You know, um, what do you want? Do you want balls to the wall, Rossi madness, or do you just want you know a continuation of a shit movie? <laughs> I like to think that I've turned the shit into a hit. No, you did. I'll come but back I'm saying, say like, that, so. is it better yeah. to just leave it behind <laughs> and never reference it at all? I love how you didn't even reference Max <laughs> at all. Just like he could have been one of the kids. Honestly, I like he could have totally come out forgot. of a shop. I that totally a car forgot. could have fallen on him. <laughs> like, yeah, I should have. Sh he's in. He's in the plane at the end. <laughs> there you go. If he's in the alien spaceship, then you're, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we we should point out as well, Alex, that you are you don't have to go for the one that you think will sell the most. Like you you yeah. can go for your favorite. You can choose for whatever reason <laughs> you want. Of course, of course. Um, well, <clears throat> I have to. <clears throat> I have to. <laughs> Look at this from two perspectives. Sorry, you're respected Drew. Film, you're a respected film critic, remember, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> people are listening. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. All of our, all the twenty people who download these episodes. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I have to. For, so first is the perspective of a Disney exec that literally exists within a black and white realm <laughs> in a corner office of a Californian, um, like office block building on the Disney lot. Um, or the second perspective, which is as someone that respects poetic cinema. <laughs> Wait, which one am I? <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Very good. Very good. Always uh, oh, proper thinking about it. You know, it is. It's difficult because the thing is, and yours is pretty much perfect. And like, I actually genuinely am quite impressed with how watertight it is and how it Me feeds too. into <laughs> how it feeds into the, the home alone ilk and does it well and mm. proves to be a better film than than home home sweet home alone ever was or w- ever will be um but then i don't think i've ever had more fun than listening to ross <laughs> ramble free <laughs> whatever that was <laughs> What? <laughs> um, do you know what? Because I genuinely on this on this Monday Eve of which we are recording, I am in a very silly, goofy mood. <laughs> Ross. Hey! Oh! Well done, Ross. I was sure then. I thought I might have been the first what two-time winner in a row. Host yeah, picture. It was, it was a very close run Ross, thing. Mate. Absolutely fantastic, son. <laughs> well done. Really it's well been played, nice. honestly. It, yeah, like we always said from the beginning of this podcast, we always said, like, the you best don't one have doesn't to have serious. to. Yeah, it can be. The best be, one doesn't have to win. It just, yeah. you're, you're the most, your most, it can the be the enjoy. host's favorite. And <laughs> yeah. tonight, Ross's was the favorite. <laughs> and there's, absolutely, I would watch that every Christmas. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would, I would watch that movie. Jesus. There's no question. Yeah. It would. We would. We would have to get Max in as like just this, like as a background character. That'd be funny in like a big shot. He's like right in the back. He's like there he is. He is, isn't it? I know. <laughs> well, if now if I had to, if it was my, st- I would have him be run over in the park, <laughs> and then <laughs> the Rock would go, "Oh, he's hated reboots," and look at the look at the, uh, the screen. <laughs> I, I thought as well you were going to do something with like the dads and the sons where like the rock if he has hair he's the dad if he doesn't he's the son yeah I was expecting which would that, have been like, but... like like obviously two 40 year old men be trying, pretending to be 10 year olds and stuff yeah, and just kind of... yeah that would have been too much but you know in a tank top were... he's obviously so big walking around in a tank top going you, you managed... I'm 10 where's the milk you managed not to cross that line somehow yeah uh... I mean Oh. Fuck Spider-Man No Way Home. That is going to be the first theatrical <laughs> film that will break uh, $1 billion at the box office uh, post-pandemic. An Irishman CG'd Vin Diesel as a, as a, <laughs> ten, a, as a 10-year-old. With, I like to think oh. that he's just, he's not got the proportions of an 8-year-old. It is just Vin Diesel yeah. Yeah. with the, his down. exact proportions, but but at like four yeah. foot tall. I love That's anyone... Anyone who hasn't seen or heard the Fast and Furious episode is probably going like, "Why the fuck is Vin Diesel in space? <laughs> what's, he in space? <laughs> what's he in space? You didn't, you forgot to, um, forgot to talk about his robot arms." Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. So oh, thank you. Um, we did it. 
We did it, boys. We've come to the end of our first year of Sequel Pitch. Yay! Yay! Join us next week as we will be pitching our 100th Sequel Pitch. Is that correct, isn't it? This is the 33rd episode, three pitches, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, not as special as the hundredth episode, but hundredth yeah. pitch. Whoever goes first well, next week will 99th, be ninety ninth. Get a cookie or know. something. Ah. Next week, next week will be a hundredth. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I see. Yeah. Goodness me! Well, you counted wow. them. Well, it's not really hard to count. Well, no, it's I just four <laughs> time, <isn't> it? yeah. <laughs> it's simple math. <laughs> yeah. Ross, what are we? What film yes, are we going to be doing us. for for this momentous? occasion we are going to be carrying on <laughs> with crazy action excellent we are going for disney plus it's on disney plus uh, at the moment 1997's con air yes! oh, a bit of nick cage <laughs> if you if you like ross's pitch this week Come back next week, and there will be three exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that you it's know gonna what's going to be, gonna I win. am so looking forward. Yeah, Ross, you've got a, such a hard task on you. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. So yeah. Oh. So oh. next time, Con Air. Next time, Con Air. Looking forward to that. As always, thank you to everyone who listened this week. If we here at Sequel Pitch uh, could wish for anything this qu- Christmas, it would be that you, if you liked what you heard, spread the good word to your friends and let us know what you think. Did uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry. I've got stuff written, but it just doesn't work. And I'm like, did you know, did whose pitch did you like this week? <laughs> if you agree that Ross's was the best pitch, pitch this week, let us know. Uh, you find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram under Sequel Pitch and our website, sequelpitch.co.uk. And why not leave us a present under the tree in the form of a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So that's it for this week. A massive thank you again to everyone listening. Massive thank you to our special guest host, Alex Gilston. Thank you very much. It's an honest to God joy doing this. Uh, Yes, so much fun. We will have you back soon. So you have to pitch now. I was going to say something. I was coughing halfway through. Will be. We will have you soon. No, no. Yeah, Yeah, you're going to have to pitch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, We'll get you back to pitch. Critique you. Then, <laughs> what the fuck are you on about? You've got no critique this episode. Yeah, that's true. I get an A star over it. He's, he's still going over my, my ET. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Uh, so it's goodbye from runner up and elf number one, Drew Toynbee. Goodbye, everyone. Happy Christmas. Goodbye from me, runner up, elf number two, Andy Henry. Goodbye from our special guest, Alex Gilston. Goodbye. And goodbye from Santa himself, our winner this week, Ross Harmston. Christmas is about family. <laughs> family. And also kicking people with the engines of, of planes. Family. Family. We will see you next time. Merry Christmas to all. Merry and Christmas. to all, a goodbye. Bye. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy holidays. It's Drew here again with an extra special Christmas present for all of you, which is actually all thanks to M over on the Verbal Diorama podcast. Now, some of you might remember that when we did our episode on Moana, I said that I would do the rap from your welcome if five people uh, tweeted about it. 
luckily for me at the time, nobody tweeted about it. Um, but subsequently, after we met M on Twitter, uh, she challenged me to do it anyway. And she did do that through Twitter. So I guess that counts. So um, happy holidays, everyone. Please enjoy. And Disney, please don't sue us. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Okay, okay. I see what's happening here. You're face to face with greatness and it's strange You don't even know how you feel It's adorable Well it's nice to see that humans never change Open your eyes, let's begin Yes, it's really me, it's Maui, breathe it in I know it's a lot, the hair, the bod When you're staring at a demigod But what can I say except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome I'm just an ordinary demi-guy Hey! What has two thumbs and pulled up the sky When you were waddling yay high This guy When the nights got cold Who stole you fire from down below You're looking at him, yo! Oh! Also I lasso the sun Stretch your days and bring you fun Also I harness the breeze You're welcome to fill your sails and shake your trees So what can I say except you're welcome For the islands I pulled from the sea There's no need to pray, it's okay, you're welcome I guess it's just my way of being me You're welcome, you're welcome I could go on and on, I could explain every natural phenomenon The tides, the grass, the ground, oh that was Maui just messing around I killed an eel, I buried its guts, sprouted a tree, now you got coconuts What's the lesson, what is the takeaway, don't mess with Maui when he's on a breakaway And the tapestry here on my skin, is a map of the victories I win Look where I've been, I'll make everything happen Look at that me, mini Maui, just tickety tapping Ha, 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 hey! Well anyway, let me say you're welcome for the wonderful world you know hey, It's okay, it's okay, you're welcome well, Come to think of it, I gotta go Hey, it's your day to say you're welcome Cause I'm gonna need that boat I'm sailing away, away, you're welcome Cause Maui can do anything but float You're welcome, you're welcome and thank you.